Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Mother Far From Home podcast with me, your host, Rachel Norman. If you desperately need a common sense, down-to-earth perspective on how to mother well without losing it, living in constant stress, or needing to escape your life, you have come to the right place. Hey mamas, welcome back to the podcast and I'm very excited about today's episode and I don't normally go, well no, I do gush, I'm a big exaggerator, but what I want to say is when I tell you that today's topic has sort of revolutionized my parenting, I'm not being exaggerated, I'm not exaggerating, even though I love to exaggerate, this isn't, that's what I'm telling you, okay? (laughs) I'm saying I'm totally serious when I tell you how big this is, okay? And it is called the do-over. Now, this is a concept I learned in my language of listening training, and it helps the kids, and it helps me. It is sort of just one of those tools, like a Swiss Army knife, that you can use for so many things. So, I'm going to vini al punto right now, and I'm going to tell you my thesis for this whole episode, and that is... A do-over is when you go back to your child, revisit what happened or didn't happen, and you do it again. You do it over. So here is how basically a do-over works. So this might be, you know, you're cooking dinner, and this happens to me a lot. When I tell you I use do-overs, oh boy, howdy, let me tell you, I use them, okay? Because life happens. I got a lot of kids up in this house, and they want to talk all the time. And sometimes my brain is just fried. Motherhood fries your nerves. Okay. Or maybe it's just me. So I'm cooking dinner, you know, and then a child comes up and he really wants to give me a detailed story and ask him, you know, and he wants my opinion and, you know, and sometimes now when I'm in touch with my boundaries, I can say, baby, I can't concentrate right now. I can only concentrate on one thing at a time. So when I'm done cooking, I'd love to hear this. And that's obviously sort of the better healthier way to do it. But what has happened in the past and what happens sometimes is I sort of half listen He kind of asks, I kind of give a half answer, I don't, and then he just kind of shuffles off, you know? There's one particular child that seems to happen with. And then I'm thinking a specific example. Then, of course, I feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I should have just listened to him. I should have stopped what I was doing. Well, no, I couldn't because I was stirring food that I needed to not burn. So, oh, okay, you know, and then I start to feel that feeling, okay? So that is the hugest indicator something got to give is when we feel that gross, icky, yuck feeling. That means we either did something we didn't like or we didn't do something that we felt like we should have done or something's going on we're not okay with. Those are all indicators, right? And we need to be figuring out what those are because the way to a peaceful and stress-free life is to live within those to where we're not getting that ick feeling, okay? So in this case, I, you know, went back to my son and I was like, look, baby, I'm sorry. I I really wasn't paying attention because I was cooking and, um, and I'm sorry about that. I I care what you have to say. I want to hear what you have to say. I love you. And so, uh, you know, and I, I, it could be, I think I've done it with a shot a couple of times, but it could be something like if I, let's do it again. Tell me all about that baby. And then this might feel cheesy to you. It does not feel cheesy to the kids. Okay. Think about the chat, like the kids shows and their teachers, like cheese is so big for kids. Okay. So sometimes when we're doing these things that feel contrived to us, it's just because we're not used to them. It's not because they won't be well received, you know, so I'll get into more how to do it, but that's just an example. It's just as simple as that thing that's niggling on my mind. I'm going to go back and revisit. Okay. And you can do this with kids. Of, you can use people of any age, truthfully. You really can even do it with your spouse or other family members.
Ever wondered what it means to have boundaries in parenting with your own children? Well, I lived a boundaryless life. It did not turn out well for me or the kids. And I realized that I, like you, and every other mom on earth has limits. We have boundaries, whether we've realized it or not. And we need to honor them if we want to live peaceful lives. I like to joke that while my book is called If Mama Ain't Happy, the real goal here is not happiness. For most moms right now, that's pie in the sky. The real goal, sad as it is to say, is not being depressed and wanting to escape your own life. So if that's you, if that's where you're at, grab a copy of my new book, If Mama Ain't Happy, Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for Your Whole Family. You can buy the book any places books are sold. Or if you want to get a free copy of my Limit Locator and Boundary Building Worksheets, Google A Mother Far From Home, If Mama Ain't Happy, Choose the first link there at the top. Okay, here are some times when you can do a do-over, so to speak. If you yell, this is a really good time to have a do-over, okay? None of us like yelling, but well, actually we love yelling, which is why we do it. In, in, it feels very um, valve-releasing, kind of like when you're using the Instant Pot and you're done. And it's like, turn the valve, release a little bit of steam before you open the lid. That's kind of why we like to like in quotations, we end up yelling is because it feels like we're, we're going to explode from our emotions, you know, but afterwards we hate the effect of yelling. The kids didn't like it. We didn't like the way it felt. We feel like it, it's causing a bit of a breach in the connection, etc. So yelling is a good time to have a do over. After you've calmed down a little, you can go back to your child and say, I, I shouldn't have yelled. Here's the now. Yelling is actually still normal. Everybody yells. It's just the context in which you yell is okay or not. Does that make sense? It's great to yell at ball games. It's great to yell outside. It's great to yell when you're having fun. It's just the yelling when you're mad. So yelling in itself is not bad, okay? It's just when you yell in anger, this is an aggressive thing, right? But my point in saying that is to validate that like motherhood is super angering sometimes, you know? Sometimes things go real badly and people make real dumb choices and it's just not good and it makes us angry and that is just how it is. That's life. That is literally how it is. So definitely don't have this idea that you're supposed to just not be angry because that's like unreality, la la land, fairy tale world, some type of spiritual bypassing scenario that doesn't work and is not true. So you're going to get angry, right? But you got it. You want to learn how to not yell. So if you did yell, you can go to your child. You can you can take your part. Your part in the what you want to uh, say you were wrong about is that you yelled, right? So you can say, you know, this scenario that happened, it caused a lot of frustration. And I'm sorry that in my frustration, I couldn't keep it together, whatever you say. And this is what I, I would like to do it again. If I could do it again, I would say this. And just be flat out that it's a do-over, right? We're not sh- we're not being shady about it. We're not cagey. Like, I want to do this over. I'd like a take two. Can we have a take two here? And kids understand, and I'm going to tell you kids understand because kids yell, or maybe it's just my five kids. Like, if they get mad, they yell. If they get really mad, they scream. And then they bring it back down quickly, and you know they don't like it because you can tell by the look on their face. But kids understand. And so being human and showing kids how to be human, and then when you mess up, how to take responsibility for messing up, and then make a change is just the best way that you can model being a healthy uh, person to your kids. This is the direction we need to go. We don't need to pretend we never mess up. We certainly don't need to mess up and pretend it wasn't bad. You know, no, no. So you would go to them if you yell. 
Another time to have a do-over is if you don't listen, like the example I gave. If your child's talking to you, and you know, some ages and some kids, I mean, they'll just talk and talk and talk. And I'm, and it's, sometimes it's just, you, of course, it's honestly not interesting. And sometimes it really is, you know, but you want to hear what they have to say. We all do. So the key, of course, is to is to be able to, inside ourselves, realize, okay, I either can listen right now and I'm going to stop what I'm doing and listen, or actually I can't stop what I'm doing and they can wait a little bit and then I'll listen. That's obviously the better way. But sometimes we just let them talk and we zone over and then they can tell we didn't listen. And then afterwards we feel guilty, like my example. This is a time to go back to them and just basically just say what happened. I wasn't really paying attention. I was distracted. And I don't want to be distracted when you're telling me something because I care about what you have to say. Tell me again. You have all my attention. And then they will just jump straight in and love this. Kids love do-overs. So another time that you can have use the do-over is if you just didn't get something. Do you feel like your days go by in a blur and all those things you meant to get done never really get done? The good news is it isn't because you don't have enough self-discipline or because you're just lazy. It's because you need better routines. I created some daily routine brainstorm sheets with lots of examples for routines based on your kids' ages that you can get free on my website. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets that's a motherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets and grab these free printables. So this happened to me with with my son one time. He came home from a play date and something had happened that hurt his feelings. And it was like he shared a little bit. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, baby. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, we're gonna, let's go get a snack or whatever. And then I was like, huh. You know, then he shared later a little bit more. And then I realized, okay, no, actually, this was very important to him. And he's just in bits and pieces sharing it. And, and he doesn't have sort of a story arc for it. And, and I didn't get it. I didn't get that this thing really hurt him. And so then I had to go back. Oh, I, 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 let's really talk about this and then ask more questions. So if sometimes this happens in retrospect, you think, wait a second, I feel like you know, my daughter just said it kind of like it was normal, but I actually think there's something more going on there. And I want to do that combo over. And then you just go back and say that. I, I really wish I would have asked this. So tell me about that. Okay. And kids like this because sometimes kids, people, everybody, we put feelers out. We put like a little bit of a feeler out and we're like, how'd they respond to that? And based on how they respond, we think, okay, not a good time, or that's not really safe to talk to them, or it's, it, you know, whatever. We do this subconsciously, okay? I'm not saying we're all master manipulators. Well, we are subconsciously. <laughs> we all are. We're always trying to get what is good for us. Um, that's. I feel like that's just the way humans are made. Argue with me uh, about it if you'd like. That would be fun uh, to discuss that. So anyway, you, if, if you feel like you didn't get something, have a do-over. So another time to have a do-over, of course, is if you lose your temper, whether you yell or not. You definitely want to have a do-over for these times. Um, and just it, everybody loses their temper again, you know. And, and I want to say this. The more you heap stress and guilt on yourself for losing your temper, the more you're going to repress your emotions, the more you're going to lose your temper. 
I'm just going to leave that for you and let you <laughs> rewind 30 seconds because the more you let yourself feel whatever you feel and just say, yeah, that was normal. Of course, I felt annoyed because I came in and they had totally trashed the playroom and broken something. I spent a lot of money on. Duh, I'm human. That's annoying. Um, when you can say things like that and just know that it's fine that you think that, then you don't sort of need to explode to prove your point. I'm just going to leave that one there. So another time to have a do-over is when things get out of hand, right? So sometimes things just get out of hand and everybody's going crazy. This happens in the van sometimes. Like, I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes in the van, I'm like, I'm going to turn this bus around. I'm going to drop y'all off somewhere where somebody else is going to watch y'all. You know, if things get crazy, whatever. His feet are on my seat, you know, this type of thing. And so I I have actually... I have actually stopped the car and said, we're all going to close our eyes. This is my favorite type of do-over. And the kids think this is really dumb, but also they love it inside. You know how you kind of like pretend something's really lame, but really you love it. And I'm like, we're going to close our eyes. We're going to pretend like we're just waking up. We're going to wake up to a new day. And in the new day, we're going to love each other. You know, this type of, and I do it maybe exaggeratively a bit like silly, you know, and that kind of can break the kids out of the funk a little bit, you know? So if things get out of hand, have a do over. So another time is when you feel guilty or uneasy because something is lingering on your mind. So this is similar to if you just didn't get something before, or if just some situation happened and it's like, you just feel icky about how it happened. You want to go have a do-over and you can have a do-over with two kids at once. If it was two kids, you know, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's no rules here. But if something is lingering on your mind and these are the things that kill and steal all of your peace, things that linger on your mind are soul sucking and soul crushing and you got to get them out. So you can get them out by like praying, journaling, releasing, surrendering them. Or if it's related to a child, you need, you know, or, or a relationship, have a do-over before you, or not before you would you know, I don't know, pray or try to get that, the, the, the feelings out. But a do-over is an important part because if, if you're, if you're psyche, for lack of a better word, I don't really know what psyche means, but you know, whatever I think it means. If your psyche is saying this, like this was not okay, we need to fix this. And you try to just ignore it. It's, it's not going to happen. And so then you're just going to end up having more icky feelings. And it's very hard to be at peace and parent well, when you're always feeling icky. <laughs> Ever feel worried you aren't as connected with your child as you'd like to be? I have an easy tool to help you feel that connection. The connection that is already there, of course. I've put together 50 plus fun and interesting questions to ask your kids. They'll get you laughing and you'll learn a lot of interesting things about your child and maybe even about yourself. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com connect to get your free printable. That's 50 plus connection questions that you can use in just times of bonding, one-on-one times, even times in the car. So again, you can get it at amotherfarfromhome.com slash connect. So, and then the last one, which I guess is just an amalgamation of the other ones, is that you want to have a do-over essentially anytime you have a lingering thought that that something could have gone better. Now, you don't want to be do- having a do-over 15 times a day because, you know, obviously, you know, but just to keep this tool in the back of your mind and, you know, 
to if you need to revisit it because sometimes something just doesn't go well and you think oh whatever next time I'll do it better like oh next time I'll pack all their snacks in their own packs instead of making them share this the veggie stick bag or whatever you don't need to have a do-over for this you just do it different next time do-overs are typically kind of involved when there's emotional components to it you want to sort of resolve with the person so um so I want to move into now why I think that this is important. So I wanted to really establish a baseline for what a do-over is, you know, how you use it, when to do it, and why it's good. So a, a do-over is important in parenting because it can help prevent you from creating a sort of brush everything under the rug situation. Now, it's it can be tempting. Well, it's not for me because I like fighting and I'm not conflict-averse. <laughs> I love a good argument. I'm not threatened. I don't feel my relationship with anybody is threatened by arguing. So to me, arguing is like totally fine. And I like it. Um, I know that's not the case for everybody. And I'm sure that's part of my um, bad personality because I'm an eight and an ENTJ, but whatever. Anyway, so I don't, I say that to say typically with other people, I don't like to brush things under the rug, but even in myself, I try to. So if I mess up, I would previously have tried to brush those feelings about messing up under the rug. That is still bad. Okay. So it's just as bad to like go to bed and be like, oh, we all go to bed and pretend it didn't happen tomorrow. That's also brushing it under the rug. Something really negative that happened that needs addressing or disciplining and you do nothing about it. That's brushing it under the rug. Character flaws that keep repeating. We all have them. Um, But our goal as parents is to help bring our children up in a way that we can help mold their character. Right. Um, And so calling out the good in their character and addressing when there's character flaws, you know, and so if we're always ignoring those, that's brushing it under the rug. Do-overs allow us to go address those, right? So we're not having brush that we're not going to brush some situation happen. You know, your child's annoyed about it. You know, you're annoyed about it. You don't want to brush it under the rug. You want to revisit it. If you're having icky feelings yourself, you also don't want to brush those under the rug because what starts to happen is there's like a whole mountain under the rug and now you got to get like another 15 rugs, try to cover this mountain and then you can't even fit it in the house. And then the whole house is just you staring at this pile of junk under a pretty rug. It's all like a fake facade. And that's what we want to avoid. The fact of the matter is family routines make the home go round and they aren't just for the kids. I'm a certified baby and toddler sleep consultant, language of listening parent coach, and mother of five kids at one point in five years and under. If there's one thing that's true, it's this. Without daily routines and systems in place, life is chaotic, stressful, and anxiety-inducing. The only way to get our mom responsibilities done in peace is this, family routines. Simple family rhythms give you predictability, organization, and calm. My best-selling workshop, Family Routines Reboot, is a three-day challenge to creating easy, effective family routines that make family life peaceful again. It focuses on the whole family routines, child routines, and self-care routines. Visit a mother far from home slash reboot for more details. Again, it's a mother far from home slash reboot. So the second reason why this thing you do over is important in parenting is it shows your child that you're humble enough to apologize and to say, what can I do to repair this? Or to say, this is what I'm going to do to fix it next time. This is huge. Kids need to see that we're human. They need to have it modeled. They need humility 
and forgiveness and repentance and just, I am wrong. They need it modeled. Like they need to know what the rubber, when the rubber meets the road, what does that look like? What does it look like to do something that wasn't good and then fix it? What does it look like to admit that I am wrong? And so this is really big. And I, and I, I wish I remembered where I heard this um, or, you know, what study back did it, I mean, this is common sense. So, you know, whatever. I feel like I'm not one who needs a study to tell me something that was common sense. But anyway, I feel like there was one that talks about how one of the most important things that you can do for your, to help your child have lifelong success and happiness is to literally apologize and be able to repair when you messed up. It, it, it's impossible to be perfect. Okay. So we all think, but we, we somehow still think being a perfect parent is the goal. It's like the dumbest thing. It's like, we think that's actually a goal, right? Well, of course it's impossible. Nothing impossible can be a goal. And then society is like, this guy's the limit. And it's, you just, you get whatever you want. That's not true. And so like, it is impossible to be perfect. And so we've already failed. We're always a failure if that's our goal. So our goal should be something more manageable and attainable. Like when I fail, I make it right. This is a much better life ethos in parenting because you're going to screw up. So are they, everybody's going to screw up. And then if you just like crumble inside and die, cause you messed up, like good luck surviving motherhood. You know what I mean? You gotta swap it and say, when I screw up, I fix it. Um, and that is hugely beneficial to the kids. I don't know if you know people as adults. It's like they can't ever admit they're wrong. You're like, I'm not even mad. It's okay. Just say it. Just admit you were wrong. Just admit it. Just admit you were wrong. Is it that hard? It is that hard for some people. And we don't want those people to also be our kids or ourselves. Okay. So the next reason why this do-over is so important is it gives us a chance to relearn and practice new ways of doing things. So I'm a certified um, baby and toddler sleep consultant. And one of the things that we do when toddlers have sleep issues is because it's actually much easier to do a formal sleep intervention on a baby. Duh. Because they don't really have personality. They're not really tell like they're just go more go with the flow. Not all babies, but most. But when they become a toddler, you actually need their buy-in. You need to explain. And or well, whether or not they buy it in, it still needs to happen if they're not sleeping. But the way that you get their buy-in is in one of the things that um, I have in my sleep class, Sleep Little Lamb, which I'll put in the show notes, is about role-playing with the kids. You actually going to have to, if, if they've gone three years and don't know how to put themselves to bed or stay in their own bed or whatever, you're going to, they don't even know what it looks like. You're going to have to show them. You have to role-play. And so this is actually a, a, what a do-over does in some ways. It gives us a chance to practice because if we're not used to having boundaries in the moment, we're not able to access in the moment what we, what is the right thing to do, what we feel like is the right thing to do. So we end up doing something we don't like or saying something we didn't mean and didn't like or whatever. When we have a do-over, we're sort of bringing it back and we're practicing the way we want to do forward. And it sort of just creates a new place in our mind almost. You know, it's kind of like, have you ever thought, like you didn't have an interest and then, so for example, we're going, we live out in the middle of nowhere and we're like, well, I guess maybe we'll have a permaculture garden instead of just a normal garden. So then it was like when we started learning about permaculture, it was like a whole entire world opened up that always existed that I had no clue about. And this is like similar to how it is when we are moving into a new way of operating in life. It's a whole new way of operating. We know nothing about. So we definitely don't have any muscle memory. We for sure don't go draw from that in the moment. 
But when we practice do-overs, when we keep them in the back of our mind as something that we can do, we're actually practicing that new way to do it until it becomes the norm. So I used to find it very hard to just say, I can't do that right now or not right or whatever. Um, And now I'm just much more able to just inside be like, no, now is not the time for that. And just be able to say that without having to yell, without having to get angry, without having to act like my kids are harassing me. Just like, nope, can't do that right now. We'll do that later. And they're like, okay. And it's much more natural. And so the last reason I want to, you know, say that it's a good thing in parenting for us to have do-overs is that do-overs just get us thinking. You know, they get us sort of tuned in to what our brains are already knowing, you know, what's going on. So what happens a lot in motherhood is we go on autopilot, you know, even the routines that are great that keep things going. We just, we can become a slave to them or we can just be so bogged down by the relentlessness of the urgent things of life. People got to snack, people got to nap, people got to go to school, guy got to cook dinner, whatever. We sort of ignore anything that's happened in our brain, right? And so after a while, your brain's like, something's not good here. You're going to die. Somebody's going to die. We're all going to die. Like this is what it feels like whenever there's things going on under the surface. So whenever we can learn to take situations little by little and be like, what's so annoying about this situation? Why can't I let this go? It helps us to get to the bottom of what's going on and to either fix something that was broken or live differently. So I think this really is the key. Our mind is the key to being um, what we think, how we're thinking is, is determines sort of how we live and what we're thinking determines how at peace we are or not. And so I just think that it's, you know, it's a great and important thing for us to do. And I have some more examples. I have a whole YouTube video about do-overs that I'll link in the show notes as well. But I just hope that this got you thinking, this concept was new. Again, this is a language of listening concept um, from Sandy Blackard is the founder of Language of Listening. And you can find more info about that at languageoflistening.com. And she has an excellent book that is such an easy read on Amazon as well. And I'll link that below too. So as always, ladies, I, it is a pleasure to connect. And I love whenever you guys, you know, message me on Instagram or YouTube and chat or email and chat about any of these concepts. I just love to hear from you. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my website, A Mother Far From Home, and on YouTube under the same name. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could write a five-star review, and it'll help all the algorithms to get it in front of other moms who benefit from this encouragement. Until next time, keep it real out there, mama.